Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Howdy there, feller. <laughs> How are you there, ma'am? Oh, I'm great. I'm great, sir. How are you? We're... I guess we're kind of doing a country vibe because Garth Brooks is going to do a yeah. residency in Vegas. We like Garth Brooks. For those who don't know, we like Garth Brooks, both of us. Actually, we attended a Garth Brooks concert at one point, like beside each other. Our seats ended up beside each other when he was, was it Hamilton? I think it was Hamilton, The yeah. last time he uh, did a tour in the old area. I think it was the last time. But anyway, gosh, he's my favorite performer. Um, best concert I've ever been to in my life. And the fact that he's going to be in Vegas is great news for me. I'll be there. 100%. Yeah, I don't talk about it very much, but there's some country I do like, and Garth mm-hmm. is the OG. I mean, he's great. I will absolutely go to Vegas to see that residency. But I saw the lineup yesterday for Boots and Hearts, and even yeah. that's good. Tim McGraw is one of the headliners for Boots and Hearts this year. Also one of the headliners, Nickelback. Nickelback! I love Nickelback. It's Chad Kruger's birthday today, by the way. You were mentioning that this morning yeah. on our radio show. What is it about Nickelback that you like so much? You know what? Memories. I mean, I, I listened. you played them on a top 40 station this morning. <laughs> I did. I, so far, I haven't gotten in trouble, but I'm still, I'm looking down at my email wondering when am I going to get that email? Uh, Who did this? Guys, I noticed a Nickelback <laughs> record. Is something uh, have the wrong cart number? Or? Did you take this from our Rock uh, Brothers Station's music library? Or? <laughs> well, um, in fairness, they're not going to play just and Bieber, so this really is on us. It's fine. Yeah, I I just honestly, I I grew. I don't want to say grew up listening to them, but I suppose that is true in a sense. Um, I just always like their music. I think they're a good band, and I hate that so many people give them so much hate. Like they don't deserve it, and they have so much fun with it. And they tweet me back when I tweet at them, and I appreciate that too. (laughs) And Chad's just a nice guy. And I'm happy for them. They're uh, entering the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. The ceremony is going to be, and they have a lot going on. My goodness, the ceremony is going to be at the Junos in. Edmonton in 2023. Yeah. Early. I don't even know if they have a date for it yet, but early next year, they're going to receive that and perform too. So if you're a Nickelback fan, there you go. You just got your fix. There's a couple of things we want to get to in this episode of After 9, stuff that you may have missed in this wild news cycle that we're in right now. But I I really do want to have a conversation about children's drugs. And and this is on our radar because we're learning a little bit more about the shortage that we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And we will get to that coming up. First off, let's have a little fun first. It's Tuesday. It's cold out. We're going to get some snow tonight just so you're ready. Uh, So let's have some fun here before it gets all shitty and depressing. 37% say they have fantasized about hooking up with a delivery driver in their truck. That's a big number. Huge. And you know what? When I read that this morning before the morning show, I I called bullshit. I'm like, there's no fucking way that that many people want to hook up with their delivery driver. Then we started getting text messages. And I'm going to tell you guys, I actually now believe this number. And if anything, it might be a little low because people are right horny right now. It's messed up. So here's the details on it. When it comes to delivery drivers from specific companies, 40% say Amazon drivers are the most attractive and have the best uniform. That's number one. UPS, second, followed by FedEx, DHL, and then USPS, the U.S. Postal Service. Hmm. That also corresponds perfectly with how people rate the uniforms. So it could be a uniform thing or it could be a convenience factor. Very seldom does someone come and knock on your door and and just give you things. 
Do we have the Amazon uniforms in Canada too? Because I'm know. looking at them here and I don't think I've ever seen them. They're like these bright blue. Um, I, I've never know. I shouldn't say I've never seen it for sure, but I've never noticed it before. Well, even if they don't wear uniforms when they deliver here, because I think we contracted out. Doesn't FedEx and UPS do a lot of the Amazon deliveries here? Some of it's contracted out, yes, indeed. But there, but that's as we were building more warehouses and distribution centers. There was a really big lack thereof, which is why it took us much longer to get our packages. You might notice more popping up now, even in the area that we broadcast our morning show out of uh, in Kitchener-Waterloo. They have more Amazon warehouses coming up. So with that, yeah, there's going to be more that are direct from the source as opposed to the contracted ones. Gig workers. You know, those ones that drive for Uber Eats and Skip the Dishes and DoorDash? Sure. They ranked very high as well. But they don't have uniforms, as you know. They wear whatever they want to wear. More than one in three, 37%, say they have fantasized about hooking up in a delivery driver's truck. Almost one in four say they've attempted to seduce a delivery driver. And 37% say they flirted with their delivery driver. Almost the same amount, a little bit more actually, say that the courier has flirted back. Mm. Okay, well, that's kind of a weird thing, right? Are you expecting this delivery? And do you, do you prepare for it? Because we heard from people yeah. this morning that know when their delivery's coming and mm-hmm. they're going to make sure they are game ready when it arrives. So I'm thinking about like when you when you say things like this, at first I thought, oh, what a weird scenario. Like, because if I'm at home and then ding dong, oh, here's your package. First and foremost, I'm usually the type of person that's so glad if you just leave it at the door and walk away. Like, I'm fine with that. And it's not that I don't want to say hello or thank you to you, but sometimes it's awkward and I'm not fully dressed. OK, so I'm good if you just lay that thing there. I even have it set on any of my food delivery. Just leave it at the door. Thank you so much. I'll take tip you as long as you know you don't throw it at my door you're getting a nice size tip and off you go so I'm thinking how many times does that scenario come around and someone like invites the person in but where you got me was the postal workers Mm -hmm. because I automatically thought of a young lady that I used to work with and she was a receptionist and she used to get so excited for that time of the day where a certain postal worker came and dropped off. They all have the same roots, right? For those who don't realize this, I think most people understand, but postal workers have the same route every single day, most companies. So the same person comes in and you almost create like a relationship with them. Have you ever been there before where you've been at an office of any kind, a dentist office, even here at the station, and you see the same person and they have that relationship with the receptionist usually where it's like, oh, how are you today? Good, yeah, weather's crappy, whatever. And there's usually like small talk. So that's what happens. And when you start to build that relationship with someone, I think that's where the fantasy came into play for her. So she used to get really excited and knew exactly down to a T when this guy was supposed to come, would get her like lip gloss on and make sure her hair looked good. And holy shit, the flirtation just flipped a switch. Like, hi, (laughs) how are you today? Like, okay, what? You were just grumpy a second ago. Like, Like, what is happening? So that's right there is where I could see that happening, that fantasy. And I'm not sure if it's the lack of spending time with them almost. You know, the the concept of uh, give them a little bit, don't give them too much. Uh And that makes them want you more. Isn't that kind of the way for the delivery people? or the postal or whatever it might be, is that you just see a little bit of them. And if you're intrigued by them, it kind of makes you more curious and more interested because you don't get to spend a lot of time with them. So I think that there's something to that as well. Well, I'm curious about this. 37% say they flirted with a delivery driver. 45% say a courier has flirted with them. Okay, it's a little different if you're the actual courier. But if you're the homeowner, the person who's having whatever delivered, 
Why the flirty flirty? Why don't you just come out and say it? If mm. you want to get laid, just say, hey, you got time? You interested? You available? Let's do this. It's so awkward, though. I mean, for both parties. First of all, if you're the one that's employed by that company, you can't say that. You can't do no. it. You can't make the first move. It's but called unprofessional. That's not professional. But if, let's say, it is someone who's at home that, that gets packages delivered by the same person and they already know that they're interested... It puts that other person in such an awkward position, but it doesn't seem to offend too many people. Like we heard from a couple of people today on this. One of them, a gentleman was a purolator driver at the time, and he had a woman get this, lean in close and listen to this shit. He had a woman that would mail herself packages by purolator just to see him. Her name was on the fucking return address sheet. From and to was the same address so that she could see the delivery driver. Are you fucking listening to this? Like, that's bizarre. I mean. But people are crazy. Like, some people do that sort of shit all the time. And and they think it's perfectly reasonable. And I don't know how to tell them. Wow, that's completely crazy. One person's crazy is another person's cute, Scott. Don't forget that. So he said, now he's married. He was like, I would never cheat on my wife. I would never do anything like that. But it was very intentional. And he, she would linger. You know what I mean? Like, oh, thank you. So how are you? How have you been? You know, and he was just like, I had to give the signals. And that's all you really need to do is give those strong signals of not interested. Start walking in the opposite direction after you hand it. That's a good idea. But uh, that, how, how nuts is that? Well, I mean, that's amazing that anybody is having any contact with any of these drivers. Because if it's a food delivery, I usually find out from my ring doorbell mm-hmm. that, oh, there's a package on my porch. Yeah. And they're long gone. Even by the time I get the notification on my phone, <laughs> they they're gone. Go so like, they got other orders. Boom. They got other deliveries. They're making that money and they're going. I don't blame them. When it comes to Amazon and FedEx, like these guys are practically... Like, they'll just line up at, at the bottom of my driveway and hoof it up to the porch. Yeah. Like, they're throwing it a long distance sometimes. Oh, yeah. I just don't know when you have time to flirt, when they're just in and out so quickly. But there is more to this. The flirting is paying off. 18% say they have kissed a delivery driver. Woo. One in five. Wow. 25% of delivery drivers say they've hooked up with someone. On the job. One in four delivery drivers have hooked up with somebody on their route. Do you think this is also delivery person and delivery person? Like, I mean, that's a good question. You know, because these could be people that either maybe work at the same company or maybe not, but they cross paths. And when they're maybe taking their break or in between deliveries, I mean, look, we've got this massive parking lot. We've got this big parking lot, and it's by all these highways where we do our morning show and where we're doing this podcast right now, okay? It's like an, it's like the, the place to be because it's got the 401, it's got the expressway here. There's cars always doing some weird shit sometimes. When I pull in and it's like, it's very early in the morning, I see two cars together and then they just peel off. I could see some like delivery truck situation happening, huh? Under the table, low key, a little pure later FedEx m- mix and match. You know what I'm saying? Right. Maybe. Is that allowed? Is that like intercourier dating? That's sort inter- of thing? intercourier relations. Wow. Yeah. I've never thought of that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I Forbidden. mean, if one in four have hooked up, <laughs> it makes me wonder why more people don't want to do this job. You can basically be alone and you'll have to lift some heavy shit and might have to deal with some annoying people or the odd random dog that got let out here and there. Yeah. But otherwise, if you've got a one in four shot of getting laid at work, I mean, 
I don't know why more people aren't signing up to do this. Scott, tis- like, why the fuck are you on <laughs> Tinder when you could be making money delivering for FedEx? And tis the season because a lot of these deliver. If you want to just do like a test, maybe you want to just dip your toe in the this pond of <laughs> this pond of you know what. Here's what you do. You just sign on for the temporary, like, Christmas holidays help. Yeah. There's a lot of companies that are just hiring for the holidays. Maybe you dip your foot in or your dick or whatever you want to do that way. Dip your dick in? Is that what you're saying? Dip your dick in and see how it feels and then see how that works for you. Because apparently there's a lot of people who are very interested. Now, I don't know if that does happen that frequently where you live, depending on where that is. But I could see how some of this could happen. But it's wild to me. It's a whole—it's a whole new world of interesting. If you want to stretch it this far and try and convince yourself that there is a practical aspect to this, we can do that for you as well. They're saying this could be good for the economy. Cat, thirty-five percent say they have ordered more frequently in order to see a specific mm-hmm. delivery driver. Can I do that with like? Uh, DoorDash or something. I can I request, request a specific courier? Because you can on Uber Drive, like for a, can you a on ride Uber? Share. Okay, that's I. I don't know. I I, I don't know is the short answer. But mm, if you can, uh, it's kind of creepy though. Like, what if you're really not interested? What if you're you really know? What not if you're really interested? not interested? And that person keeps like calling you to to do like a two minute drive or something. Like, mm, could you not, please? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's going on with the lettuce? Okay, so so this is real. I drama. didn't believe this until you yeah. said, "Oh fuck!" Just the other day, I dealt with this. So I was out with my girlfriend at Swiss Chalet, and the second we walk in, they let us know because I guess this is a t- deterrent. Because if you're not out of the chicken, which is a main thing in Swiss Chalet, people are pissed. Apparently, if you're out of the lettuce, and the right le- away, why the le- yeah, lettuce? Yeah, right is away. Shit. So I'm just gonna say, <laughs> lettuce is it's shit. What do you mean? There is nothing. Oh, see, I was gonna order the salad. That's what I was gonna order. So I was Who goes to pissed. Swiss Chalet and orders a salad. Well, I would get some chicken with it. But yeah, I was there for this. I was there for a salad. That's what I was there for. That's like a go-to for me. So I was like, oh, shit. But my friend wanted the festive special, so she didn't give a fuck about that. She was uh, like, no, nah, I'm here for the festive special. And I'm like, okay. I well. want stuffing and chocolate yeah. <laughs> on the side. <laughs> no, I totally understand. The festive special is popular. But right away they said no lettuce. And then I thought it was just for that day. Like the lettuce delivery driver was off fucking somebody, clearly, huh. based on the last story you told. So they couldn't get their lettuce delivery. I had no idea this was due to a shortage in a virus. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me read you this story because it's kind of messed up. They say the cost of lettuce is spiking, leading many restaurants to temporarily stop offering leafy greens on their menu. Wholesale produce distributors say demand is exceeding supply for iceberg and romaine in particular. Restaurants Canada's CEO, Kelly Higginson, says a major lettuce growing area in California was hit by some sort of a virus. Sounds familiar. That decimated crops. Now, she says not only is lettuce in short supply, the available lettuce has quadrupled in price. And that's why Subway says lettuce is temporarily unavailable at some of their locations. Swiss Chalet's Canadian division says their garden and Caesar salads are not available and items that normally contain lettuce will come without it for the time being. Hmm. So what happens if you go to, I've always thought that this was bizarre that people even try, but what happens if you go to like Eastside Mario's for the all-you-can-eat soup and salad? Are you just going to get a bowl of croutons and bacon bits? It's soup and soup. You're just not going to be able to get the salad. That's it. But you can't have a salad without lettuce, can you? No, that's what I mean. You don't get a salad. You'll get a soup. There's no salad. 
Why is this a Unless problem? Unless someone has kale, which fuck kale's garbage. Don't bother. See, and I feel the same way about lettuce. There's nothing good in it oh, for no. you. It's just fill. It's not bad for you, but it's not great. Romaine has. I mean, there's. A, you're right. You're mainly right. There's spinach. I mean, we can we move over to spinach salads then? Can we do that? I like a spinach salad. I'm good with that. But a lot of these places, these restaurants especially, don't initially offer that. So it's not like they can just whip something up the same, but using spinach. And you can't just sub in spinach to anything. Some people might, but you can't like do a Caesar salad with spinach, can you? It's kind of weird. It is weird, but we're going to have to start doing that because what the Clearly. hell? Clearly. Is this a... Is this spreading through other restaurants? I mean, if Subway is going to start offering sandwiches without lettuce, then, hey, guys, just so you know, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You should get right to the good toppings and not fill up on lettuce. Yeah, I mean, it's not, there's cucumber. There's all, if you like that crunch, uh, but not really a ton of nutrient, uh, cucumbers are a good idea too. You could just Hmm. do that instead. So this won't Cucumbers don't have a virus, do they? This won't really have a massive impact on us, I guess, is what you're saying. I think. Will I mean, again, like I like a salad. Now I'm afraid to eat a salad. Now I can't have a salad. Yeah. What if you catch the virus and is it contagious? Yeah, Do I have to wear you. a mask while I'm eating this salad? <laughs> what kind of virus is this? Wear a mask to eat a salad. <laughs> How the fuck are you going to do that? You know what, though? The way some of these local medical officers of health are talking, it wouldn't even surprise me. If what's that one in Guelph there, Dr. Mercer, uh, if she would come out and say, you have to wear a salad even when you're eating or you have to wear a mask even when you're eating. Something like that would not even surprise me a little bit because people are losing their minds again. And we'll get to that coming up in just a few minutes. First off, the uh, (laughs) my buddy Tiff Macklem there, the head of the Bank of Canada cat came out yesterday and suggested that that raising interest rates like he has been will disproportionately affect those who are lower-income Canadians. This is groundbreaking research from this dipshit. You mean to tell me that when you raise the price of things, people with less money won't be able to afford it? Oh, hmm. he's a, he, should be, uh, uh, he should get a bronze statue outside Parliament for figuring that out. Brilliant. Macklem says that that group is the hardest hit by the cost of living as well. So he says there's no easy out to restore price stability, but the ultimate outcome of raising interest rates will be better for all Canadians. I don't see it. I really don't see how bankrupting people right now is good in the long run, unless the whole goal is to free up some housing right now for people that can't find it or his wealthy buddies mm-hmm. that are going to swoop in and buy up all the houses that go into foreclosure because people can't afford their mortgage anymore. This guy's a maniac cat. It just drives me batshit crazy that this guy's allowed to make decisions. I mean, what the fuck? The world's getting to be a crowded place, though. Today we hit... 8 billion people on Earth. Whoa! That's insane. (laughs) So, for perspective, because the UN calculates these numbers, and it's an estimate, they figure around noon today, we'll cross the threshold and have more than 8 billion people on Earth. They say it took until 1804. Think of all the tens of thousands of years of our history. It took until 1804 to hit 1 billion people. On the earth at one time. 300,000 years to hit 1 billion. And since then, it's taken just over 200 years to add 7 more billion. Yep. What's going on here? Are people just fucking a lot more? Or uh, what's going on? I mean, it's math. It's basic math. You have two. And then you make four, maybe. And then maybe, I mean, it it all started somewhere. So someone fucked their family at a certain point. (laughs) 
and then they duplicate it and then they duplicate some more and then more people make more people. But that just escalates quickly, right? Right. But correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like back in the day and by back in the day, I'm going to say like the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. It seems like people were having a lot more kids. Like now the norm seems to be a kid, maybe two kids. Back in the day, they were having like Nick Cannon kind of numbers. See, and I don't I'm not seeing that lately. I have friends who are on to their third. Some people want a fourth baby. I know a lot of people that are, that are. I mean, it's way more than I, and I personally w- would think about having. But there's a lot of people actually with multiple children, with a lot of children. It's, um, so I don't see it as much. But again, it is also about the amount of, of people we have. It just continues to continues to escalate. I thought COVID would... Okay, can I just be blunt here for a second? You thought COVID thought would COVID kill some I thought COVID knocked off? out a lot more people. Yeah. Like I thought, ah, maybe we're down in numbers. Nope. So if there was any rumor to that being done on purpose to control the population, they didn't, they failed. They <laughs> failed miserably. Everybody is failing miserably. Everybody in charge seems to be grossly failing. Uh, listen, we've got, well, the lettuce shortage. I don't know if that was anyone's fault unless someone created a virus in a lab somewhere and implanted it in the lettuce of Southern California. I mean, that one I can't really explain. But one thing I would say is, I mean, we have some very basic needs in this country uh, and affordability is a huge one, but we also need prescriptions, drugs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for our kids. Sure. And there's a massive shortage right now, yeah. not just on on kids Tylenol and on kids Advil, but now there's also some common antibiotics and yeah. things like that yeah. that they can't get in. And one of the stories I heard yesterday, maybe you've heard more about this. I know you're a little more in tune with it because you're a, a mom of young kids, but Please, please, please tell me that this isn't seriously a shortage in Canada because it's not affecting America or the UK or Australia. It's just us. Tell me it's really not because the bilingual packaging Mm -hmm. isn't available. Yeah. Tell me we don't have parents racing to clog up our emergency rooms because they know the hospitals have children's Tylenol and Advil and that's the only way to get their kids fever down. Because the packaging mm-hmm. isn't also in French. Tell me that's not a thing that somebody would rather insist that we need to have bilingual packaging as opposed to kids having the meds that they need. I think this goes back to whatever was written in, in what we thought was stone at the time. Whereas if you're going to sell something in Canada, you have to have that bilingual packaging. So this would have to be some form of emergency measure of like, don't worry about that because we need this on the shelf. This is pretty damn important in order to slide through. So yes, from what I've heard, it did come down to, not all about it, but did come down to uh, bilingual packaging. There are shortages in some parts of the States too, Scott, but guess where it is? Places easily accessible by Canadians right across the border. Apparently Mm -hmm. they're suffering New York, Buffalo, uh, all over the place basically, but easy, easy spots basically for us to drive over and grab. Well, listen, Hey, uh, we have a bilingual country here. We have at least two official languages, and and I fully support uh, having options available in both languages. But like Kat just said, this is an emergency. Whoever in Ottawa decided to enforce this, whether it was right up to the PMO or the minister or even just the CBSA, give your fucking head a shake. This is a problem that is easily solved. Okay, so let me see here. We've got Tylenol that's got supply that they could send to relieve the problem here. And again, not just for parents that need it at home. This could also help the hospital situation. There's parents going to the hospital because their kid has a fever and they Mm -hmm. can't treat it at home. So listen, if somebody actually said, despite that, we're not letting it in because it's not bilingual. 
Did it seriously not occur to anybody to say to Tylenol, yes, we know it's not bilingual. Send it to us anyway. And we just slap a sticker on the box with a QR code that says scan here for French instructions. That seriously never crossed anyone's mind? I don't know if it did. Like, I don't know the inner workings of it, but the rumor alone pisses me off. And I don't even know if the government ever confirmed whether that was true or not. But according to many sources, and the news outlets are on this. Thank God they're on it, by the way. We need a lot of pressure on the government for this. Because again, it is clogging up our system. It's clogging up doctor's offices. Nobody wants that. So when you go in for something that you need, do you want it to be, sorry, we can't see you today because we've got 15 kids in here. Uh, And by the way, RSV also leads to other things like ear infections and other things that people will be clogging up the the emergency rooms with. So controlling the fever and controlling that initially is so important. And that's what we at home use Tylenol and Advil for. Thank you. Fuck. It's so maddening that bureaucracy is getting in the way of parents looking after their kids. It's creating an emergency in our hospitals to the point now where we've got medical officers and unions and everybody screaming to start mandating masks again when it really doesn't need to be this bad. Did I tell you that stat yesterday about RSV, the one that I heard on the news? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. It was the premier of Alberta was doing a news conference and she was asked, are you going to mandate masks in Alberta? And she said, no, we're not going to. Then she fired their former chief medical officer, Dina Hinshaw, saying that Dina had failed the people of Alberta because they were having a hospital crisis. She's not wrong. She also called out the hospital CEOs whose job it is, is to make sure that function happens in a hospital. She called them out, fired the chief medical officer, said, no, they're not going to mandate. And she pointed out something that maybe everybody should keep in mind. This is not new. Nearly 100% of Canadian children under two will have RSV. Mm-hmm. Almost 100% of toddlers in Canada will have RSV by the time they're two years yeah. old. Yeah. This year it's hitting hard. Yeah. Is it because we masked up for the last two years? Nobody's asking that question, and I don't think we would get a straight answer from Dr. Moore or Dr. Tam, but it's something that we really need to consider. If kids are normally exposed to this and it's perfectly fine, what's the difference this year? This mask thing may be, possibly, counterintuitive. I personally live... Oh, sorry, that was the next thing I wanted to play for you. Uh, this is making the rounds. Remember when we talked about off-script Doug during the pandemic? And it was so fun because Doug, when he sticks to his talking points, sounds like a clear and decisive leader. But every now and again, he starts telling a story with an anecdote. And you can tell his handlers probably go, oh, fuck, he's doing it again. What's he going to do now? (laughs) Read what's on the cards, Doug. Yeah. Well, now, almost in the same vein, our finance minister and deputy prime minister is kind of going down that road herself. Off-script Christian Freeland is turning out to be really funny. She had a huge gaffe a couple of weeks ago, and now she just did another one when she was explaining why the carbon tax is helpful to Canadians. Listen to this. I personally live in central Toronto. Our family doesn't have a car. We use the subway. We ride our bikes. We walk. And that is how a lot of Toronto families live. The price on pollution actually is helpful to people in Toronto across the country. You know, the price on pollution really is not adding to the challenges that households are facing right now. What? What? Mm -hmm. 
The price that I we're paying. Oh, hang on, I'll pause that. The price we're paying for pollution because we do have the carbon tax and it's going up again. It's affecting our gas prices. It's affecting our grocery store prices. It's affecting literally everything. She says, "No, that's not really having a problem, and or it's not a problem for households in Canada because it's not real. Because she still says that you get more back than you pay in. That's been proven wrong by the parliamentary budget officer himself. He said that's just plain not true." And in this case, she's suggesting that even though she lives in Toronto and most people don't have the TTC to access, because she lives in Toronto, they're not polluting as much. They get around by walking and by taking <laughs> the bus. <laughs> I don't. She's got a driver and a security detail. So don't think for bubble. a second that she's taken the subway to work. I can't believe and see. And this goes back to all politicians should really have a, a good look at where what their area is that they're at. Because I think that she's t- talking on something she knows nothing about. I yeah. mean, we can all see how many people commute into the city on any given day uh, and then leave the city. I mean, that that is is one thing. And, and I know that she's saying, oh, but it's Torontonians. That's not true at all. There's a lot of people that are commuting within Toronto. Absolutely a lot yeah. that are used that have cars. Yes, indeed. So that's not that's not accurate. It's just really out of touch. And she keeps doing it. She keeps going off script and giving out these weird anecdotes. And I'm sure at some point the prime minister himself is going to say, will you shut the fuck up and please just stick to the talking points? Because you're not helping right now. You're really yeah. not. Uh, there's one more thing I want to play because he was a friend of mine and I miss him dearly. And I believe it was yesterday was the nine-year anniversary of a very famous news conference that happened. And we'll end on this. It was nine years ago yesterday that the former mayor of Toronto, Rob Ford, came out and gave a legendary news conference. Take legal action against the waiter that said I was doing lines at the beer market. That is outright lies. That is not true. Um, You know what? But it hurts my wife when... uh, they're calling a friend of mine a prostitute. Alana is not a prostitute. She's a friend, and it makes me sick how people are, are saying this. So unfortunately, um, I have no other choice. I'm the last one to take legal action. I can't, I can't put up with it anymore. So I've named the names. Um, litigation will be starting shortly. I've had enough. That's why I warned you guys yesterday, be careful what you wrote. Okay, so that's all I have to say for now. And the next thing I want to call uh, Mayor Britannia in Hamilton and tell him that uh, we're going to have to spank the little uh, tiger cats. Oh, and the last thing was um, Olivia Gondak. It, it says that I wanted to eat her pussy, Olivia Gondak. Whoa. I've never said that in my life to her. I would never do that. I'm happily married. I've got more than enough to eat at home. Hearing that again, like I've heard that so many times and it shocks me every time that he said those words. Oh boy, oh boy. That made worldwide news. I mean, worldwide. Remember? Oh my gosh. I had him on the morning show a couple of days later and I, I was remember. like, Rob, oh, what the fuck? I remember that media circus. And I was on vacation. I was gone to like Jamaica or something. I was like, fuck, why did I miss this day? I almost canceled my trip because I'm like, I gotta ask more questions. And I'm glad you did at the time. You guys can probably look that up. It's out there somewhere. What a fun time in history. I really miss Rob. That was great. Have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday, everybody. We will catch you right back here with another new episode of After 9 tomorrow. Bye. In Arizona, two teachers who are husband and wife were fired after students found their OnlyFans account. They would have been sent to detention, but that's actually how one of their videos started. 
Jeff Bezos, over the weekend, he said he will give most of his $120 billion fortune to charity. And uh, the rest will go to season two of that Lord of the Rings show. This is, this is a nice change of pace. You know, usually when a billionaire wants to give away all his money, he has to buy Twitter or go on an anti-Semitic rant to do it. Well, get this. A man in the UK thought he was losing his hearing and then discovered that part of an earbud had been stuck in his ear for five years. Oh. After doctors removed it, he was like, thanks, I've had that song stuck in my head since 2017. <laughs> in New York arrested a mother last month after she allegedly allowed her 10-year-old son to get a tattoo. Worse, the tattoo was to celebrate one year without a cigarette. The After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.